0: Well, Carolina has certainly played better in winning these three games in a row, but none of those performances were good enough for what they're going to have to do on Saturday when Duke comes to the Dean Dome.
1: You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there! It's Thursday, March second, two thousand and twenty-three. If you hear joyfulness in my heart, it's because it's March and it's like December in the spring, even though it's still technically winter. I guess whatever. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily Carolina show out there. I'm your host Isaac Shade. Joining me is our guy, Coach Pack. Kilby and we want to thank you for joining us on today's episode coming up on the show we're going to be talking about what Carolina has not done as well uh, even in these wins what they have been doing better that's helped them get on this winning streak and everybody's favorite new segment unpacking it with coach Pat Kilby pun 100% intended on all that we're going to be talking about fouling when you're up by three by the way If you've gone to the store and bought some lemon Oreos and you got them in your home, I need pictures or video of you eating these things. I'd love to put them on the show, maybe on Friday's show ahead of the matchup with Duke. Just would be fun uh, for the Carolina family to share some lemon Oreo love with the Carolina family. Let's just keep leaning into it. So, Pac, what up? So glad to be together. Here's the deal. For a long time, I've been saying that uh, earlier this season, I was like, Virginia looks like the best team in the ACC. Past couple weeks, it's been Miami for me. But now, I, I got to say this, Pat. Duke is playing the best basketball in the ACC right now, for, for my money's worth. Now,
1: Yeah, they're playing really well. And, I mean, I saw today they're uh, they're, they're officially finished with their home games. They were undefeated at home. That's, that's the definition of taking care of business. You know, I mean, on your home court, to fit in your home turf, going 16-0, and 0, I think it was, at home. They're playing really well. They've got a lot of confidence. And I'll tell you what, Philipowski's uh, good. He's, yeah. he's really good. And uh, he's just been playing his tail off for them. So we've definitely got our work cut out for us
0: on Saturday. Okay. And that said, Carolina's got everything they need to beat this team. They can absolutely wipe Duke off the floor especially in the Dean Smith Center where they're playing a lot better, shooting a lot better. But here's the thing. Even in this three-game winning streak, Carolina has still shown some of the same things they've shown all year, not closing out games. I talked about on yesterday's show uh, in uh, against Virginia, 7-0 run given up to the Cavs coming out of halftime. Against Florida State, 6-0 run to the Seminoles coming out of halftime. Things like this, that have to be tidied up, cleaned up, because you do that against Duke, and you're going to be losing on senior night, and Armando Baycott's not going to be very happy about that. So, Pac, as you've looked at this three-game winning streak, again, we're going to talk about what's been good in it in a little bit. What are some of the things that you still notice of like, hey, we've got to get more solid here, we've got to get crisper here, those kind of things?
1: Yeah, um, to me, you know, I think the biggest thing that's changed is really just – shots have kind of been fallen to an extent. Um and so that doesn't that means a, a lot of what needs to be fixed hasn't really yes has totally changed. Yep. Um I still think although I have been you know more impressed with our defense, I still think there's room for improvement. Okay. Um I think that you know we can just be susceptible to let people get hot behind the three point line sometimes with the way we guard and uh, that's because we give up some dribble penetra- penetration. So I'd love to see us um, slow that down and just fine-tune those things. And then, you know, I still I still feel like we, we get some semblance of Caleb and Armando playing good or Caleb and RJ playing good or RJ and Armando playing good, but never all three of them at once. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. But I feel that way. End up. Uh, me too. And I'm with you. I just – I think we're starting to traject the right direction. If we could ever get those three playing well at the same time, boy, we'd be – we would be the team we thought we were going to be. I I mean, just to put it bluntly, especially with Pete playing better as of late. So, um, those are things I'm kind of looking for. You know, I noticed RJ was playing uh, in the, the latest game without his finger taped. That's right. Last two games. Last
0: two games, both Virginia and Florida State. That's right. You're
1: right. So, so maybe we are heading towards all three of them playing well at the right time and, um, you know, winning winning a big game against Duke, you know, at home on Saturday. But those are those are some of the things I'm looking for. What about you?
0: yeah uh, funny enough, I thought the the first thing you said has been the biggest thing for me the the three point shooting of the first half of both the Virginia and Florida State games I think has covered up a multitude of other sins where Carolina has um, still not been as efficient right like you you let's say we cut those three point they made nine in the first half against Virginia. Let's say we cut that down in half so you make four or five. They made 11 against Florida state. Let's cut that in half. Maybe they make five or six. Um, in that scenario, you probably still have a lead, but it's much tighter. And then the run that both Virginia and Florida state went on in the second half might have enabled those teams to go ahead of the Tar Heels. And then at that point, you you just don't know what happens. And so, um, Carolina season long has not shot it at that level. That's no secret to anyone here listening or watching. And so the question is what happens when that three point shooting goes away? Well, we've seen it in the second half of both of those games. And so where, where's where's the getting the ball to Mondo, right? Where's the insistence on that? Now I know part of that, let's be fair, is that he's been in foul trouble both of these past two games. And so uh, he's got to clean that up. He's got to do better with that. Had two very quick fouls against Florida State. Um, and so how will Duke defend him? We're going to have to watch that and see. But I, I just think you just can't get three-point happy because we've seen what that's led to when Carolina's not shooting the ball well. Now, As well as they've shot it, maybe it keeps rolling. That would be incredible. And uh, water finds its level, and maybe we're at that point because they've shot it so poorly all season. If so, hallelujah, praise God, let's go. But um, that's my biggest thing. What happens against Duke on Saturday if three-point shots aren't falling at the same rate they have been? Mm -hmm.
1: You know, that's really the mark of a team that wins at this time of the season is you've got to win in a multitude of ways. That's right. Because if you think teams are just going to come in and let us throw it to Baycott all game long, <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. They're going to take away or at least try to take away what we do best. <laughs> We've got to be able to counter that. And I think you nailed that on the head. I mean, if we're, if we're hitting shots, boy, that makes us really dangerous. I think I read a stat today, maybe from Sherelle McMillan, uh, just basically the stat was that Carolina is 11-0 when they've hit ten or more threes in a game. If it yep. was less than ten, I think we were like four and eight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like, it's a similar thing like, like yeah. I like I've we've been talking about on the show this week that when the Tar Heels make thirty five percent or more of their threes, they're now nine and oh and it's just ten and eleven when they make under thirty five percent. So very similar uh things there. So yeah.
1: I, it, it, I mean teams are going to take away Baycott we got to be able to hit shots and then when when they take away that three point line then we feed Baycott it's a it's a happy marriage we just got to find it
0: yep and and that that is all going to be dependent upon the wisdom and game management of both Caleb and RJ they yep. have to handle that well and they have to be wise with their decision making with their shot making and We'll get to this in a minute. I think Caleb's been doing that better the past couple games. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, that makes it as good a time as any to go ahead and switch from what's still kind of questionable out there. Uh, Like you said, I think it's been a lot of the same stuff we've talked about all season. It's just been covered up because, as Roy Williams always says, everything feels better and looks better when shots are going in. Can Carolina get that defense going in a way that if the shots aren't falling, they're able to limit Duke? Can Carolina get other half-court offense going that doesn't land in a three if the shots are going in? We will have to watch for that. Well, coming up, we want to discuss what has been going better for the Tar Heels in this three-game winning streak that's allowed them to do this because they've not shown that level of consistency all season and what might point towards a fourth win in a row when Duke comes to the Smith Center on Saturday. We'll talk about that in just a second, right after I tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Games are back in action after the All-Star break, and now's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook and our sportsbook betting partner here on the Locked On Network, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel app right now. It's safe, it's secure, and it is super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to uh, how many times Armando Baycott is going to miss a free throw on Saturday. I don't know, whatever. You can find it all there on FanDuel+. Plus. They even let you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with the same game. Parlay, So do not miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to Fanduel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's Fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network and the NBA. So Pack, I, I want to take it back to a, a text conversation that you and I were having earlier in this week. And, um, oh, I I missed it. Okay, so I said to you, everything looks better when shots go down. Don't worry, they'll come back down to earth on Monday at Tallahassee because I guarantee you the shots won't fall at the same rate. That was between Virginia and Florida State. And boy, hand up, was I wrong. And I said, going to have to find more ways to operate. I said, there's a legit possibility of beating FSU – But dang, that comeback today might infuse something into them, uh, meaning Florida State's comeback against Miami. And you said this back to me, Pac. See, that's just the thing. I was actually pleased with some different things. I thought defensively, we looked pretty salty. Love that word. Our tempo was better tonight. There was a swagger that we haven't played with all season. You said, I don't know. I could be certifiable, but I'm believing that we just turned a corner. So Pack, I've exposed our, our personal private text messages to the world. Cause I think it's awesome and hilarious. I'm showing that I didn't think Carolina would, would shoot the same way they did against Virginia against Florida state hand up. Thankfully I was dead wrong. And, and I love those points you made about some of the things you think Carolina has been doing better. So would you expound on some of those and say what uh, you think Carolina has done to turn some of those corners?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think anybody's faulting you for your thought process because (laughs) anytime we've thought something positive the next game, they've turned around and just proved us totally wrong. So
0: That's fair. uh, fair. I I was in good company.
1: Yeah, absolutely you were. Uh, But yeah, I'll definitely expound on some things that I thought we were doing well. Um, And I'll start with the swagger and and the the tempo we've been playing with. I I definitely have noticed a change in that. Um, It seems like for most of the year, RJ's been dribbling it up the floor and I'm great with that. He does dribble it up with a good pace, but a past basketball is faster than, than a human dribbling the ball up the floor 10 out of 10 times. And it looks like we've kind of made a point of emphasis to, to pitch ahead and, you know, see if we can get some things going early. Uh, still hasn't been perfect, but it's been better. And so I kind of like to see that, um, you know, you mentioned Caleb's, decision-making has been better. And, uh, you know, I, that doesn't necessarily mean he's just been shooting the lights out. No. Nope. But he's been smarter. He's been wiser. Um, and I just – I love to see that. I think that's been been a key for us. Uh, and then defensively, you know, like uh, the Virginia game, and I, I realized they scored 63,
0: which – For them. Oddly enough,
1: seems kind of high for Virginia. Yeah, that's, but, like,
0: that's like another team scoring 350.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but and call me crazy, you know, but I thought our defense was good. I thought it was good. I didn't think we had a really great offensive night against Virginia, to be honest with you, but we still found a way to win the game, and I think a lot of that was we came up with enough stops, and it wasn't perfect. I'm not saying it was, no. but what I'm saying is if you look back at last year, we slowly started building confidence over time with wins just like that one. And then we started playing really good and we got hot. And that's when you get dangerous. And I kind of not saying that's gonna happen again this year, but I kinda am seeing it happen, at least I feel like, is the confidence is coming just a little bit more and more with each game. There seems to be more chemistry, more swagger, like I mentioned. And you know, they may they may make me look really dumb on Saturday, but I do think <laughs> we're starting to become a very scary basketball team at the right time.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest word for me that you used in there, I've already forgotten, but it started with a C and it was something like cohesion. It wasn't cohesion, but it was that, that kind of chemistry, word. chemistry. Thank you. Uh, chem- call it chemistry, cohesion, whatever you want to. I think there's something to that. It's like they're, they're trusting each other more. They're figuring things out. Um, I don't know if that, cause it, to me, even though the, the rotation is still a little bit, you know, this or that or the other. Um, I, I mean, I think we're realizing that coach Davis really is going to use it in a matchup dependent sort of way, right? You played an athletic, rangy lengthy team against Florida state. So you get some Dontre styles and some Seth Trimble, those kind of things. But, um, I think we have been seeing a more consistent, like that first media timeout you get Puff and maybe Seth or Jalen in. And then you get a little one of those others a little bit. like. So I think part of that is the rotation that you've been harping on all year. There is some more consistency to that. Um, mm-hmm. These guys are coming together. They're learning each other. Remember that, I mean, to me, that's going to be an annual thing in the day and age of the transfer portal that it's going to take two thirds or more of a season for these guys to all gel. I think that's just the reality of college basketball this day and age that we're going to have to learn to live with. Um, Now, please, dear God, do not let North Carolina take this long every season, but uh, (laughs) at least last year and this year, they're finding it at the right time. Now they haven't done it to the degree of last year yet, but boy, do they have the opportunity to do so on Saturday. One thing I want to, I want to talk about is obviously the Pete Nance of it all. Listen, it ain't just lemon Oreos, right? Uh, I, whether it's, is his back getting more fully healthy? I think that's played a, a pivotal role in his um, inability to do the things that he normally does this year. I mean, keep in mind at this point now he's made, I think seven of his last 10, nine, 10, 11, three point attempts. He's made 18 straight, Free throws is the second leading qualifying free throw shooter on the team. 82.5% behind only the ACC leader, RJ Davis, in terms of the team. And so, um, Pac, as, as, as Pete has gotten better these last couple games, what are some things you're noticing from him? Is it just swagger and confidence? Is it, is it that, that uh, cohesion that's coming together? What, what's allowing Pete to come unhinged a little bit here in a good way?
1: I think it's a little bit of the things you just mentioned, and then you said something earlier. I love that. I I say this to our players a lot. Water finds its level. Mm. Uh, there's percentages. There's averages. They're they're for a reason, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, there's no doubt Pete was in a slump, and he was in a bad slump, and <laughs> uh, he's but he busted his way out, you know. And and now it's starting to find its level, and uh, so I think we're seeing some of that. But because it's starting to find its level in such a hurry, he's finding some confidence and mm-hmm. some swagger. And the team is getting some chemistry because they're trusting him a little bit more with the ball now. And you, I mean, you know, you're starting to see those things unfold and, and, um, and, and Pete's taking advantage of it. And so we, I mean, we desperately need that to continue if we're going to reach the goals that we want to reach as a team. Uh, he, he has to be good, plain and simple. He has to be good. So we need the Pete that we've been getting for the last couple of games.
0: And if so, that continues to open up the interior for Armando. It continues to open up driving lanes for RJ and Caleb and Leaky. Let's add Leaky into that mix today because my man's pump faking and dunking out there. So we're gonna we're gonna add him into that driving mix.
1: <laughs> that dunk, dude. I mean, I came up off my couch just beating my chest, just fired up that was awesome
0: it was absolutely and I'm,
1: I'm a leaky stan over here you know yes. I'm, I'm all in for my boy leaky
0: it's <laughs> so good so good so uh we are definitely seeing encouraging signs but the the thing is it's still such a small sample size that it's difficult to trust it we i i think you and i want to trust it i think the carolina fan base wants to trust it right if you're listening or watching let us know. Like, is that kind of where you're at? It's like, you really want to explode. You really want to trust that this is legit, but you've been burned a lot this season. And so you're, you're hesitant to, you're nervous to, that's where I'm at pack as a watcher of Carolina basketball. I would imagine you are too.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that. Um, uh, do I take my ex-girlfriend back for the 13th time? You
0: know? <laughs> no, I just,
1: getting, I just keep getting burnt by it, you know? And that's, I mean, I, I'm being funny, but, That's really what it's felt like. No, absolutely. That's a
0: great record. And here I
1: am right now. I don't know if I'm falling into a trap or if they're really turning a corner. I'm choosing to believe they're turning a corner, but wouldn't be shocked if they let me
0: down. Yeah. I mean, like, thinking ahead to the ACC tournament, I wouldn't be – I legit – I mean this wholeheartedly, not just as a fan of North Carolina basketball, as an unbiased college basketball watcher and observer. North Carolina – could e- could could win the ACC tournament next week. I could also see them losing on Wednesday to whomever it is they played. That's just the year it's been. And I want to believe that what we've seen the last week and a half has been the more legitimate thing, and that that's what we're going to see Saturday against Duke, and that that's what we're going to see next week in the ACC tournament. And that's what we're going to see when, not if, when they're in the NCAA tournament a couple weeks From now, let me ask you this. Go ahead.
1: If if Carolina wins the ACC tournament, yeah, then they go from from not not from if, but when. What seed do they
0: get? Mm. In this scenario, do they beat Duke as well? Yes. If they beat Duke and if they win the NCAA tournament or the ACC tournament, Freudian slip there. um, I would say nine or ten. I still don't think they get like a top eight. They're they're just too far out of it right now. But when you think about major conference at-larges, when they make it in right at the bottom end, they're an 11 seed. And so, you know, if if they just barely squeak in, it's an 11. So I would think winning the ACC tournament gets them to nine or 10.
1: Okay. I'm thinking, I think seven.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Just because the way it is right now, the ACC tournament, if, if everything stays the same, they likely play Virginia again and yeah. would have to beat them. No, wait. Was it Virginia or Miami? Sorry, now I'm speaking off the top of
0: my head. I, don't any, I mean, I think, at I some point, Miami, if you win this thing, you're going to have to beat some combination of Virginia, Miami, Duke. You know, yeah, any of the, like You're
1: going to pick up a couple good wins along the way.
0: And then I think – NC State, yeah, any of those.
1: I think UNC gets – I do, I mean – I don't know if I'm a homer or not, but I do think UNC is going to get some preferential bias just based on the better the seed, the longer they're in the tournament, the more money they're going to make. Cause I mean, there's no doubt we bring fans, we bring money, we bring watchers, observers, like I think a, a seven seed, you know, I, I I think that's just, I think that's where they end up, but I could also see an eight, nine or a 10. And part of me is hoping for a seven seed because I want to avoid the one seed early on. You yes. know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd that. rather be a. I, I said this last year because we we're in the same predicament. I'd rather be a ten than an eight or a nine, right? Mm-hmm. If we're not going to get all the way to seven, just keep me at a ten. Yeah. Honestly, right? 100%. Yeah. Well, we want to wrap up today's show with our great segment, unpacking it with Coach. Pack Kilby and today we're going to be talking about the philosophy of fouling to foul or not to foul up 3 that is the question and that's where we're headed today in just a second. All right, Pack Kilby. I love this segment. We call it unpacking it cuz your name is Pack and we're unpacking something. And always, we're just looking at some basketball strategy or philosophy, or maybe it's a, a type of defense or something mm-hmm. that, that you explain uh, to all of us who are listening and watching. So, today is more of a philosophical choice. Um, when a team is up by three points late in a game, you will hear coaches and commentators and others talk about do you foul up three? Or do you not? There's all sorts of philosophy that goes into this and, and how much time is left and all this. But basically, the thought is this if you foul up three, that means a team cannot shoot a three-pointer. That's that's the main idea here. And that way they cannot tie you. If if they make if they make a three, they tie <laughs> you, and you either have to make a last second shot or go to overtime. If you foul them, the best they can do is make two free throws and Hopefully, you know, then you win the game. So there's all sorts of philosophy on it. So, Pac, here's the question, and then you go with it where you want. Foul up three or do not foul up three? Give me your philosophy. All
1: right. right. Now, I'm curious because I, I want all the listeners to get involved in this on the comments. I'd love well, to have this conversation. But I've had this conversation a lot with with other coaching buddies, and Everybody thinks differently. I mean, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's no doubt about it. But for me, I'm pretty passionate about this. I I don't see why you wouldn't foul up three. Um, and a lot of my buddies that argue for not fouling up three, they'll tell you that's the only way you can for sure get beat. Hmm. Uh, you know, because if you let it play out and they hit a three, okay, worst case, you're tying But if they hit the first free throw, they miss the second one, they tip it out, and they hit a three, you're beat. What I choose to look at is that's a lot of steps that have to happen for you to beat me. Like You've got to hit your first free throw for one. Then you've got to be able to get in there deep enough or well miss the second free throw well, get into the lane deep enough to tap it out, have a shooter in the perfect spot, and hit a shot with very little time on the clock. I just don't understand why you wouldn't foul at three. And I want to take a look at Michigan State versus
0: Iowa. Yep. We had multiple examples this past weekend. That's part of we what did. brought this conversation to light for this week's Unpacking It. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: So those of you that don't know, and Isaac, if I'm wrong on this, correct me, but yep, Iowa hit five threes in the final 90 seconds of the game.
0: Something I, I can't remember the exact number, but they were up. Or excuse me, Michigan State was up thirteen with 90, 14 with ninety seconds, and up ten with forty seconds. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, for those of you that don't know, this was this game ended up going to overtime. Why did it go to overtime? Because Michigan State elected not to foul up three. Iowa hits a three as basically as time is expiring. We have overtime. Iowa wins the basketball game. I just think especially when the team's hot you know Michigan State was in a prime opportunity to foul make them hit their free throws or at least force them to go through all those steps just to get you know a three or chance at a three to end the game I, I like the idea of fouling at three um, especially and I know a lot of it has to do with time if yep. it's 10 seconds or below I'm gonna foul up three every time uh, I just think it gives us the best chance to win
0: so that's, yeah. your, that's your marker, 10 seconds or less, go ahead and foul. 10 seconds, or more than 10 seconds, let them get a shot off. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. don't want to let them get a shot off, but don't foul.
1: Yeah, um, and a lot of it depends too on, it just a lot depends on, you know, how, if, do you have fouls to give? If you have fouls to give, we're 1,000% going to use them. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. hopefully we use them in such a way that, okay now they've we've used say we had two or three fouls to give we use them and then by the time they get the ball inbounds it's under 10 seconds and now we can foul up three we can get them to the free throw line so there's a lot of different variables to consider Um, and a lot of my buddies have also my coaching buddies have talked about well you know I just I'd foul up three but I just don't think we're a good rebounding team so coaches take that stuff into consideration too but you know, for me, I think it's the the statistics even, you know, the, the the statistics back it. You know, fouling up three, you're more likely to win the game than if you just let it play out.
0: That's right. So. And we know that famously in, in Coach Williams last season at the, at the helm of the Tar Heels, he didn't foul up three against Clemson and we lost. And then he did foul up three against Duke and we ended up losing. So Coach Williams just couldn't catch a break there in his last year. But – Uh, obviously those just one-offs it's going to happen sometimes. And, and in those smaller sample sizes, that's the thing, but uh, the numbers bear out that it, it is in fact better to foul when you're up three, I'm right with you. I am a, I'm all in on fouling up three. I think if I had the clipboard in my hand, it would have to be, i I, like six or seven or under i don't know that i could do 10 or under but that's why there's all these different people you would elect to do it a little bit uh a little bit more time on the clock i would need to run a little more time off before i fouled but uh that's the beauty of this thing is everyone can have their opinions on it pack anything else to hit on with fouling up three
1: no but i do agree i mean there's uh, that's the beauty of basketball. We could sit down with a million different people and everybody could see the game a little bit different way then and still be successful. You know, there's, there's just so many ways to skin a cat and so much to learn from so many different basketball minds that it's just, it's cool to have those conversations. So listeners dive in and, and tell us your thoughts on it.
0: Oh, great. Well, Folks, just one more show coming up before the massive matchup with Duke coming to the Smith Center for Senior Day. It's going to be electric, it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be emotional. So go ahead and buckle up right now. Settle in with some comfort food, and you know what that comfort food is. I don't even have to tell you what that comfort food needs to be. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You can follow the show on Twitter. At Locked On Heels. You can fo- follow Pac at Coach underscore K23 and me at Isaac Shade. Shoot us an email to the show, lockedontarheels at gmail.com. Would love your nominations for Heel of the Week and Heel of the Week. Also, don't forget to subscribe. We are less than 100 <laughs> subscribers away from 5,000 on YouTube. We're trying to get there by the end of the national championship game, and you folks are knocking it out of the park. Thank you. We're getting so close. For your next listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. As we get into conference tournaments, as we get into March Madness, it's the perfect time to start tuning in to hear everything that's going on around the college basketball landscape. It's available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thanks again for hanging out with me and Pack Today Talking, Carolina Hoops. It's always a great day to be at Tar Heel. You know it is, you know it's true. And until tomorrow, Peace.